You are listening to Cedar Hills Community Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. A place to be loved, a place to belong, and a place to serve. My name is Kent. I also want to welcome you back to the service in person and welcome to those who are on the live stream. Um, the first week we did this, I got to confess to you, it was so weird to have an empty room and just this camera, which is where I'm supposed to keep looking. And um, it uh, now feels weird to have you all back here. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll get through it. Uh, I don't know if any of you have had this experience over the last several months, but there's been certain passages of Scripture that when I've read them, they like just leap out at you. They just grab your attention and and seem to carry more weight or more significance because of the kind of season that we're in. And today's verses were, were like that for me this week when I was reading them. So let's read them together and then uh, you see if they jump out at you too. So we're in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Um, I'm going to be reading verses 15 to 20. So if you've got your device or your Bible, uh, look it up and follow along. Ephesians 5, starting with verse 15. And I've been waiting to offer this prayer to you who are gathered here. Um, the Lord be with you. Ephesians 5.15 Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Doesn't that jump out at you? Be careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's Word, and it's true and we can rely on it. So I don't know if you've noticed this, but I have noticed that sometimes very smart people say very dumb things. Anybody notice that lately? Now, to avoid all kind of political uh, problems, I thought I would pick some older situations where some very smart people said dumb things. Some very smart people said to Henry Ford, the horse is here to stay. The automobile is just a fad. Some uh, very smart guy once said, actually this was a French general in World War I, he said, airplanes are interesting toys but have no military value. The founder of 20th Century Fox Movie Studios said, people will soon get tired of staring at their TVs. He actually gave the TV about six months. That's how long he thought TV would be with us. Uh, Michael Dell, the founder and CEO of Dell Technologies, said this, 100 computers should be enough for the entire planet, more than enough. And around the same time, some other really smart guy said, there is no reason for any individual to have a computer in their home. In 2004, Bill Gates, who's kind of a smart guy, said this, in two years, spam will be solved. We wished he was right. Smart people don't quite get it right sometimes. They misread the signs of the time. 
So they think that they're onto something and they sound wise when they say it, but it proves to be unwise. And I'm actually kind of afraid of that with myself, um, of saying something that later will come back to haunt me and it'll be really foolish and, and you would come to me and say, yeah, but you said. Ephesians 5 is kind of a warning about this. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. We know that intelligence doesn't necessarily equate to wisdom. Some people with very high IQs have sometimes had a low WQ, wisdom quotient. One guy who apparently had a really high IQ, King George III of England, and he wrote in his journal all the different things that he knew. On July 4, 1776, this is what King George wrote in his journal. Nothing of importance happened today. Not so wise. If there ever was a time when we could raise our WQ, our wisdom quotient, it feels like now is the time for us to be really wise. Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And the wisdom that Paul is inviting us to in this passage flows from our identity. It comes from the kind of people we are. Because we are the kind of people who are saved by grace through faith. Because we are the kind of people who have become God's children, his family. Because we are the kind of people who are following Jesus. We have access to wisdom. We actually have access to a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work in us. That the power of God is at work in us, and that power gives us wisdom. It allows us to live lives worthy of our calling. And actually, if you go back and look at the original language in this passage, when he is talking about living lives worthy of calling, living is literally the word walk. So we should walk worthy of our calling. We should live in a way that our walk matches this. And Paul brings this up repeatedly throughout the book of Ephesians. In fact, in the first five chapters, he uses the same term seven times. I'm going to read all of them to you. It starts in chapter 2. In the past, you walked according to the curse of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. But now, chapter 2, verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has ordained that we should walk in them. Chapter 4, verse 1, I beg you then, walk worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Therefore, walk not as others walk in the vanity of their mind, but walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us as an offering. You were in darkness, but now you are in light, so walk as children of light. Be careful then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Living wisely is about our walk, the way we live day by day. Here's how the psalmist talks about it in Psalm 1. Blessed is the one 
who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That's what walking wisely looks like. How we walk is how we live. So, if we wanted to start an exercise program, and I'm not saying anybody here looks like they need exercise, but if you were to start an exercise program and your goal was to say, I want to be able to walk farther, I want to have more stamina, I want to have strength so I don't stumble and fall, then what you would need to do is you would need to start a regular routine where every day you walked. And then you would start adding to the distance that you walked and the speed and the time that you spent walking. So every day you would walk a little bit farther. This is how we build up strength. This is how we grow muscle. This is actually how you produce muscle memory. Muscle memory is what athletes and musicians develop over times of practice. That if you practice a certain skill over and over and over and over again, pretty soon your muscles start to memorize that skill. They start to learn what to do. So if you want to shoot free throws accurately or if you want to putt successfully or if you want to play the violin with skill, you do the same drills over and over and over and again until your muscles begin to pick up on that skill. You gain muscle memory. It requires a lot of time and a lot of practice, but you get better over time. Growing wisdom is about muscle memory. We practice over and over a wise skill, a wise habit, a wise choice, and we become wise. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person's like a tree planted by streams of water. They bear fruit. Their leaves never wither. They prosper. Blessed is the one who walks worthy. Blessed is the one who walks in love. Blessed is the one who walks in light. They bear the fruit of wisdom. They do not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or, take, or sit in the company of mockers, but they grow fruit. Now, the next couple of verses in Ephesians 5 also give kind of warning signs of what happens if you don't walk this way. Um, they show a hint of sexual immorality or impurity or greed. These are improper for God's holy people. They use obscenities or foolish talk or coarse joking, and these are out of place for God's holy people. The one who walks with wisdom has nothing to do with these fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather they expose them because they're walking wisely. That muscle memory, walking with wisdom. Now, several of you have checked in with us about how our puppy Moses is doing. He's doing pretty well. He's 10 weeks old now, and he's learning a lot. One of the things that he's started is walking lessons. So puppies have to learn how to walk like a dog, and we've been working on that now for a couple of weeks.
And uh, he has to learn things like this. Uh, yes to walking in a straight line. No to biting ankles. Yes to sniffing while you walk. No to lying down flat in the middle of the sidewalk and refusing to move. This is one of his favorite tactics. Just flat out with all four legs spread. Yes to pooping while you walk. No to eating poop. He has a lot to learn, and he gets a lot of practice. So he'd practice this twice a day until he gets his identity of, like, he's the dog and he's walking. Part of the training is he learns that I am the alpha dog, and Mary is the leader of the pack. That's what he learns. (laughs) Ephesians says, we walk according to our identity. We are followers of Jesus, so we learn to walk like Jesus. Actually, Jesus summarized the walk this way. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. That's how we're supposed to walk. The wise love God and love their neighbor. The unwise love themselves. The wise obey God. The unwise do whatever he or she wants. The wise follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. The unwise follows their own leading. The unwise serve self, the wise serve others. These are components of our walk. Be careful then how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. Raising our WQ, our wisdom quotient then, leads to making the most of our time. Some versions that you read maybe said things like redeeming the time. That we have this image that because there's only a limited amount of time we're each given. We want to make the best use of every opportunity. We want to redeem the time we have. And it's uh, vitally important because the days are filled with evil. So make the most of every opportunity. Now, I enjoy reading about leadership, and often I find myself reading about time management. And uh, I read practical things like this. Don't check your email in the morning. Don't hold a meeting without an agenda. Balance FaceTime and phone time and desk time. Delegate. These are all pieces of advice to help increase your efficiency. But this week I started to wonder if efficiency isn't the most, if efficiency isn't the most important thing. Because what if we end up being really efficient at doing the wrong thing? Then your efficiency doesn't pay off. What we need is we need wisdom to simply do the right thing, not more of the wrong thing. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. And that got me really thinking about it. And I was stumped, I got to admit, most of the week. What is the right thing for this moment? You know, we are in a moment in history, pandemic and economic trouble and injustice. I mean, it feels like just a pile on of issues. Big important issues. What is the most important thing to do now? How do we redeem the time? How do we make the most of this opportunity? And I was just stuck on that. I asked my small group about it on Wednesday. They gave me some tips. And by Thursday, I kind of landed on four big responses. Big challenges need big responses. The four big responses I landed on were hospitality, authenticity, forgiveness, and restoration. Those are really good. And I was ready to launch into them. And then I had Leah's voice in my head because we're trying to be careful with our time and shorter sermons, shorter services. So (laughs) I cut it down to one last night instead of four. 
And the one I was really thinking about a lot is hospitality. Is hospitality making the most of the time we have in this opportunity? And I'm going to suggest that maybe there's some suggestions here that might help us bless others so that we could overcome evil. And that maybe the greatest way to overcome the evil of our time is to be a blessing in maybe one of these three ways. First, words of affirmation. Can we just encourage people? Can we just say good things? Can we just find something positive? Words of encouragement. The second thing is gifts. And I'm not thinking like big gifts, like, you know, another bailout check. I'm thinking little thoughtful things to remind somebody that you care. A little gift. And the third thing is acts of kindness. Can we just do good things to help other people out? And I got to tell you, these came to mind because I was blessed by all three of these just later in the week here, and I'm going to share what happened. On Thursday night, I was stuck in what felt like the world's longest Zoom meeting ever. And I don't know how many of you have been doing Zoom meetings, but they all feel long to me. But this one really was like endless. And I found myself really resenting it and trying to figure out, number one, which things could I do while not listening to the meeting? And then number two, can I actually leave the meeting? And then I noticed that somebody from this team was, after every report, somebody from the team gave encouragement. So Paul would give a report, and this person would say, good job, Paul. Thanks for sharing that. And then uh, Retha gave a report, and someone said, good job, Retha. That was a great report. Thanks for sharing. And after every person, they said, good job. And they were giving words of affirmation. And I didn't give a report, so I didn't get any words of affirmation. But I was feeling affirmed just by listening to these words of kindness. She was overcoming the evil of my apathy and resentment and anger and all that just with this kind word, words of affirmation. So that's one suggestion. Friday night, Mary and I went out uh, with her brother, and on the way home we got a text, and it said, we left a gift for you hanging on your front door. And I'm like, yes, somebody brought, gave us something. So I'm really excited. Can't wait to get home. I get home, and there's a, door, a bag hanging on the front door, a grocery bag, and inside that bag is the most beautiful face mask I've ever seen. Isn't that gorgeous? It's so beautiful, I hate to wear it. <laughs> Somebody was thoughtful, and they were thinking about us, and they were thinking about a little tiny gift to encourage us, to upbeat. They overcame evil of being weary and feeling um, uncertain and lost sometimes. It was a simple gift, but it was a huge blessing. And then last night when I came in here to get ready for this morning in practice, um, Somebody had put the flags out around the drive up out here. And even just when I was pulling in the driveway, I could see them flapping in the breeze and they were all bright and colorful. It made me happy to see them. I thought that was such a thoughtful thing and it would encourage anybody else who comes today. I was, I was blessed by that simple act of kindness. Somebody was thinking, what would perk up the day today? And they thought the flags would help. Um, overcoming evil with words of affirmation, uh, simple gifts or acts of kindness. I think there's huge potential there for us to like make the most of the time we have right now, to be wise and not unwise. And then I want to wrap this all together with a reading from Romans chapter 12 because this endless meeting I was in Thursday night, the devotions were really good actually and it was based on Romans 12. And as I was reading back through this passage again, I thought this really is stirring something up in me. I hope it stirs up something in you about how to walk as wise, not as unwise and make the most of the time because the days are evil. So listen to these words. Romans 12 starting with verse 9. 
Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, sharing with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that sounds like a wise way to walk. Lord God, we come to you today and I thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the gift of your spirit who is at work within us. Thank you for the gift of your Son, our Savior. We pray that you'll continue the good that you've started until one day it's completed, and we will give you our praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We pray you are blessed by today's message. If you'd like to support the ministry of Cedar Hills, please visit our website, www.cedarhillscr.org.